Okay, here we are. Take two. Yeah, we're having we're having technical issues over here, so we're gonna hope this uh, this one works. Yes, we got how far in? I'm like twenty five minutes. Oh my! So now we gotta start over. Let's see here. Okay, so I'm Aaron. I'm Tom. This podcast is called Baby's First Watch List. <laughs> You're like yelling. <laughs> you don't know. <laughs> it's the podcast that is dealing with a whole bunch of stuff right now. So things are the way they are because we didn't watch the movie. We had to watch it in two parts. Across like five days. We messed up. I'm starting a new job. We didn't mess, we didn't mess up. We messed up because it didn't record. It messed up. It messed up. <laughs> <laughs> general it yeah um and then i'm like starting my job again and we're figuring out daycare and there's like all kinds of stuff going on but we're recording on a three-day weekend it is a three-day weekend so today we're discussing tom's favorite movie 2004 well it's up there the notebook i wouldn't say it's my favorite Tom watched with a girl yeah it's true <laughs> <laughs> he said it wasn't like that it, it really wasn't okay i'm just saying i didn't watch actually was, i did watch it with girls neither was the time that i watched the movie wrong turn with a girl oh lord okay it was trash so this wait did you like the notebook the first time you saw it no oh did you like it more or less this time about the same oh wow no growth correct the romantic drama was directed by Nick Casavetes, who also directed My Sister's Keeper. If you have seen My Sister's Keeper and you also read My Sister's Keeper, you know that just like The Notebook, they just changed the ending. And the ending in My Sister's Keeper was Is like the book. The calling card of the book. So I'm going to tell you the spoilers to it. So in My Sister's Keeper, in the if you don't like spoilers, move ahead. In the book, you got... I didn't even read this book. I, I was did. just shook by these differences. So now I'm. it's marked in my brain. There's like sisters and one of them has cancer. And then the other one at the end of the book gets into a car accident and dies. And she's able to do something like either an organ or a, a blood transfusion or something so that the other sister, the one that's sick, lives. And she's the reason why her sister lives. It's a kidney. Mm -hmm. Yes. Jody Picoult wrote it, right? Yep. And in the movie version that stars Cameron Diaz, the sister that's sick just dies at the end. There's no car crash. There's no like big twist. Poor Abigail Breslin. What are we doing here? She's no, she's the sister that lives in the movie. Oh, (laughs) who dies? So is, are you sure about that? Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, I didn't watch the movie either, but I'm pretty sure. Okay. So go with that. I don't understand that. And then they changed the ending to the notebook. But Oh, is Cameron okay. Diaz the mom? Cameron Diaz is the mom. Abigail Breslin's the older sister. And then Sofia Vasilyeva yes. is the uh, younger. Yep, exactly. Uh, so whatever. They just changed the ending from the source material. I guess that's just a thing that they do. But it's usually there's a purpose to, do, to doing that. And I don't see a purpose for in my sister's keeper me either in the notebook yeah sure but yeah, in I my guess. sister's keeper no so anyway uh this director's dad john cassavetes he was an actor he was in movies like the dirty dozen and rosemary's baby which unfortunately is a very good movie yeah um he also was a director and a screenwriter one of the first indie directors did we know anything he did i believe so Really? I didn't think so. I don't know if I've seen much of it, but go ahead. Keep going. So the notebook is based on a novel by Nicholas Sparks. Yeah. So the ones that I've heard of are Gloria and A Woman Under the Influence and The Killing of a Chinese Bookie. Okay. Um. So Nicholas Sparks, North Carolina man. He, that's like a whole thing because like a lot of his books are set in North Carolina. He has cursed us. With close to a dozen <laughs> near identical movie posters of beautiful people staring at each other, wondering if they did in fact just make an awful movie. And, and the, in most cases, 
they did. The answer, yeah. The answer is... Is in the affirmative. Yes, they did make an awful movie. I got to say, though, I have not seen many... No, yeah, no. We're just... We're Nicholas joking Sparks on, We're joking about the reputations more than actually our, our experiences. Right, exactly. Um, so the screenplay for The Notebook was written by Jeremy Levin and Jan Sardi. Levin also wrote My Sister's Keeper, so he's the one to blame. The dynamic duo. Um, Nikki C... And what's the guy's name? Nikki. Who's Nikki? Nick Cassavetes. Oh. <laughs> um, so Jeremy Levin also wrote The Legend of Bagger Vance. Isn't that like a golf movie? I think so. And he wrote Real Steel, which is Huge Jacked Man. Huge Jacked Man. Um, Jan Sardi, he was Oscar nominated for writing the 1996 Jeffrey Rush movie, Shine. Um, but I had never heard of it. But it's like a biopic of yeah, like a musician. Like a pianist. Yeah. Um, so the cinematographer, Robert Freise, how do you say it? F-R-A-I-S-S-E. I don't know. Is that like strawberry? <laughs> Maybe. It might be. So he was Oscar nominated. You know, from looking at the packages, sometimes yes. it says it in French. Yeah. Um, he was Oscar nominated for 1992's The Lover, which I didn't know either. And um, editor Alan Heim, he won an Oscar for all oh, that jazz. Which is actually a very famous. Shout out movie. Roy Scheider from our yeah, Jaws we episode. Yeah, we do love we do love Roy Scheider here. Um, <laughs> Roy Scheider, number one fan <laughs> podcast. <laughs> the music is by Aaron Zygman, who has done lots of movies for or lots of music for movies and TV, including John Q, Sex in the City. He did Aquila and the Bee. He's done lots of TV shows, and he apparently has been involved in um, many. Hit albums. Can I just say that this is maybe the most boring score of all time in this movie? It is very slow. There is no actual like interesting stuff. There's nothing memorable. There's no like things that come back later. It's very soft. So you're like, what? You're like, but then it it randomly like swells and it's like way louder than everything else in the movie. There's this random like crescendo. Yeah. And I'm like, what? So anyway, um, sorry, Zegman. What's his name? Aaron Zigman. Sorry, Zigman. So the notebook stars Ryan Gosling in like one of his first kind of big roles. Um, he got better. The director, I think, said that he wanted an unknown, not handsome man. So he chose Ryan Gosling. I'm like, okay. Um, Rachel McAdams, again, in an earlier role of hers, I think she was in The Hot Chick. Oh boy, was she? I think so. Um, James Garner, very famous. And Nepo mom, Gina Rollins. Rollins? It's the JK. I'm probably going to go with Rollins. Rollins. So she is actually the director's mom. Yeah. She's also mega famous. She is still alive, and she was like an OG. She's. They said that on Wikipedia it says she's like the last remaining actress from the Hollywood Golden Age era, from like the 50s. Yeah, because Olivia de Havilland, remember her? Yeah. She just died recently. Was it recent? Ish. Yeah. <laughs> um, she was in Gone with the Wind. Yeah. And her sister, her half sister, was uh, mm, I famous. Who. Yeah. It was I the whole thing. Was. But Gina Rollins, Rollins, she is still around. She's retired, but she was in so much stuff. Uh, Joan Fontaine, her sister. Oh, okay. Yeah. Olivia de Havilland. Yes. Yeah. And they hated each other. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um. So the notebook also stars a lot of other famous people the cast is sort of stacked so it's got james marsden who we of jury duty fame we love james marsden over here kevin connelly we love kevin connelly yeah we're big e from entourage fans and uh 2018's Gotti. yeah he he directed it um thank 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 you kevin connelly sam shepherd yes who has like a ton of obie awards for like theater yeah and Someone we actually are obsessed with, Joan Allen. Joan Allen's awesome. We love Joan She's Allen. She's like here. the best actress in this movie. Gorgeous. We love her. Um, that's why I wrote Queen Joan Allen on my thing today. So the normally fine, but in this case, endless. Interminable. 124 minute movie. It's over two hours yeah. for a romance. Yeah. We got to get in and out here. We can't be doing a whole two hours. I got to go home. <laughs> like, come on. Um, it was released in May 2004 to kind of mixed reviews. I think it was 53% on Rotten Tomatoes. It was, however, 
a hit commercially. They called it a sleeper hit. It made $117.8 million on a mere $29 million budget. The movie wasn't up for any major awards, but it did memorably win the MTV Movie Award for Best Kiss. I watched that and I was like, wow, I can't believe it. They won for the best movie ever made. Number one, mm-hmm. The Notebook, because mm-hmm. that was my, like, I was obsessed. Mm-hmm. And number two, they actually kissed for the award. Yep. And then it became a tradition. So cute. Um, And then it also batted a thousand. I was going to say batted a hundred. <laughs> one for ten. <laughs> it went eight for eight at the Teen Choice Awards. The teens loved it. They said, clean sweet. Listen, we're the <laughs> teens and we have spoken. <laughs> eight for eight. A stage show with music by Ingrid Michaelson is due to hit Broadway in the next year or so. You know, I think my Uncle Tommy has seen Ingrid Michaelson a couple times in Really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> she just looks like some indie artist. I really think so. Um, so, I mean, I don't know how I feel about a Broadway show. I mean, I just don't think there's anything that compelling here. I don't think there's any need for it personally. I think Ingrid Michaels is an interesting choice. But there is more need for the Broadway show than there is for the TV series that was due to come out. Yeah. Which was supposed to be on the CW and which is honestly the perfect network for a net for a notebook TV show. But it was also supposed to deal with like race issues after World War Two in like North Carolina or wherever they're at. Yeah. South Carolina, wherever they're at. And I don't know if that would have been the right way. To, to tackle to those a, important tackle issues. those issues or b to have a notebook series i mean riverdale just ended so there might be a time slot open oh man <laughs> we're gonna replace riverdale with this <laughs> uh nothing can replace riverdale oh man um sorry to all my riverdale heads out there <laughs> my jughead uh, heads oh my god <laughs> so yeah so that's the notebook i i didn't hate it i thought it was fine it's I, garbage, I didn't like it as yeah. much as i used to like it now i'm just like eh. but you know i thought the second half was a little bit better i like the less old Ryan, people ryan gosling and rachel mcadams yeah unfortunately they weren't my faves but ryan gosling also wears the worst hat in human history in this movie in the beginning he <laughs> yeah um i feel like that's a hat that like nowadays people make their like little kids wear when they take like family photos with like like suspenders it's like a it's like it felt like he was wearing a costume and it felt like somebody made a way too big like peaky blinders hat yeah and was like just throw it on your head ryan we don't have anything else it's like the peaky blinders big hat version of like those big hats (laughs) the big hats that people are wearing (laughs) like but like nobody's wearing but like every now and then you'll see somebody wearing like the giant hats like they're like baseball hats they're baseball hats but they're giant and they are actually it's the company of a of an nfl player maybe you should wear it to officiate kaylee and alex's wedding i wanted to wear it to john's bachelor Bachelor party party in in Vegas. vegas and we never got one well, they, they cost were on, like eighty dollars, and they were on back order because so many people were ordering them. <laughs> <laughs> maybe we could. Maybe when I start my own fantasy football league, that'll be like the loser has to wear it. Winner, to like, winner gets it. The winner. Okay, well, first <laughs> the loser has to wear it in public, like someplace, like like just going Target shopping, <laughs> and then the winner gets to keep it until the following year as like a trophy. Yeah, I think that's as long as they idea. clean it after the other person's worn it to Target. Yeah, of course you do a little. <laughs> little cleaning action lice killer or whatever yeah whatever (laughs) so that's the notebook why don't we get a very short summary all right so we start in a nursing home and it's the elderly duke played by james garner and he's reading a romantic story from a notebook to a female patient played by gina rollins and it's the story in the 1940s in south carolina uh noah calhoun played by ryan gosling is a lumber mill worker and he pursues 17 year old heiress i don't think we know heiress to what i had no idea her this parents was come from money uh ali hamilton played by rachel mcadams and she's there for the summer with her parents so he pursues her by um hanging by his hands off of a ferris wheel in front of her and saying he's going to drop himself unless she says she'll date him. So that's something. Uh, then on their first date, he makes her like lay down in the middle of the road with him. Uh, that's also something. It's just weird. Yeah. I would be like, dude, just chill. <laughs> um, 
So one night, Allie meets Noah's father, Frank, who immediately likes her. But when Noah goes to Allie's parents, they disapprove because of his uh, sort of economic uh, ranking, per se. So that night, he takes Allie to the abandoned, like a Windsor building, telling her that he's going to buy and restore it. And, you know, they sort of hook up. And Noah's friend Finn pops by and he says, Allie's parents have no idea where she is and she's 17 years old. So they sent the police after her. So good luck with that. When Allie and Noah get back to Allie's parents' mansion, Allie's mother, Anne, played by Joan Allen, makes it clear that they are against the relationship and forbid her from seeing him. So they get into a big fight. Uh, she impulsively breaks up with him and immediately regrets it. The next morning, uh, Anne says that the family will be returning to Charleston immediately. Allie tries to find Noah, can't find him. It's sort of cross signals. Uh, she asks Finn to tell him she loves him. Noah rushes to her house, but everything's already boarded up and she's gone. Noah writes Allie every day for a year, but Allie's mother secretly intercepts the letters. Uh, when all of the letters go unanswered, he decides to move on. He ends up uh, serving in World War II with Finn. Finn gets killed on the battlefield, which just seemed really, like, why? I, there's so much in this movie that like is just like weirdly intense and yeah. unnecessary. Yeah. So Allie's a nurse in the hospital helping uh, like injured soldiers, and she meets uh, Captain Lon Hammond Jr., played by James Marsden, and he's a young lawyer, and he comes from old Southern money. Uh, so they become engaged, and Allie's parents are happy about it, super excited. Noah returns from the war to find that his father sold their house so that Noah could buy the building. That also was weird. Yes. So he does his best Kevin Costner in Field of Dreams. If you build it, she will come. And he rebuilds the house. And sure enough, she sees it in the newspaper for, again, for whatever reason that they had a picture of him in the newspaper. They're like, wow, you you put you paint it. on this house. Take yeah. your picture. Yeah. So she shows up and they sort of rekindle their relationship, although they kind of don't. She's, but she's also engaged. Engaged. Yeah. Um, so they realize that. Noah had sent her all those letters and she never received them. And she was like, oh, it's definitely my mom. So days later, her mom shows up. She's also just been with him for days. Um, she shows up and says that Lon has come to the area, but she also takes Allie in a, like down the road or whatever and goes to like this random work site. And she's like, oh, that guy over there who's like throwing all those rocks into that big machine. I actually was in love with him. And Allie's like, what? <laughs> and so she gives Allie the letters. They go back. Uh, and she says that she hopes that Allie chooses wisely, sort of maybe inferring that she made the wrong choice or maybe inferring that she made the right choice by being with Allie's dad or not. You we don't know. don't know. Noah and Allie argue, and he tells her to decide what she wants as opposed to what her parents or Lon wants. Uh, she she is super upset. She you know drives away. She, then she stops, and she reads all the letters. She's crying. Uh, she follows her heart and returns to Noah. In the present, the elderly woman is revealed to be Allie, uh, now suffering from dementia. <gasps> Duke is revealed to be Noah, who, who uses a pseudonym to not startle her. The journal he reads to her was one that she wrote during the early stages of her illness, uh, detailing their romance and life together so he could help her come back to him. Noah has kept the promise to read it to her almost daily. So... Almost at the end of the journal story, she says, okay, well, what happens at the end? Well, it's like, just wait. I'm almost there. But anyway, he Noah says that she knows what will happen and that they lived happily ever after. Allie briefly recognizes him and remembers. She asks how long they have before she forgets again, and Duke tells her possibly five minutes, and then they dance to their song, I'll Be Seeing You, and she asks about their kids. Then her dementia relapses. She panics to see a stranger touching her. She gets sedated. Duke has a heart attack. It's a whole big thing. Uh, and they're both recovering. Duke sneaks into Allie's room in the night. She instantly recognizes him. They kiss and hold hands. The nurse finds them in the morning, still holding hands as they both died peacefully in their sleep. And the birds, Credits roll. The birds, the birds fly birds. away. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Wow. The end. The notebook. The notebook. Good job. Film. <laughs> okay. Is this a romantic film? I mean... I've just, there, every romance is like this movie. It's just too cookie cutter for me. It's not that it's not in itself. If you view it in itself, sure, it's romantic. And I think that it, there's elements of realism to it. Like the fact that they sort of, they don't always agree on stuff. And it's not like they're being held apart by external forces. They're being held apart by themselves, really. Or at least by Allie. 
uh, and her indecision. Yeah. Which in part is, I guess, generated by external forces, but it comes down to her making a choice. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that it's romantic that you choose to be with somebody, actively choose to be with somebody um, in the face of a more attractive situation, like with money and all that. Mm -hmm. That is romantic, but it's every, every point in this movie is predictable. Yeah. It's just not, it doesn't do anything new or different. So, I mean, it's not like I'm sobbing, Mm -hmm. you know? I was when I was like 13. Yeah. I was shooketh. (laughs) (laughs) You were like, this is what a movie could be. I literally was like, wait, is this the best movie I've ever seen? Um, so if a date in college wanted you to take them to see the notebook and it was 2004, would you take your date to go see the notebook? First date? Absolutely. Uh, fifth date. Can we pick something else? (laughs) What else was like out in 2004? Mean Girls. Oh, I'd go see. I saw Mean <laughs> Girls in theaters, actually. Um, Let's see. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I mean, I think that I don't know if I would want to see The Notebook on a on a date. I'm just saying, well, the... Because the, I would be crying. The control here was that you said they do want to see it. So I'm assuming that the person that I'm allegedly dating would want to see it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Wow. Movies released June 25th, 2004. Okay. White Chicks. Oh, I liked White Chicks. Fahren- uh, Fahrenheit 9-11. Oh. So pick your <laughs> pick your date movie. <laughs> I don't know about these choices. Uh, the Weekend Box Office, uh, Dodgeball was out. Oh, okay. The yeah. Terminal, Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, Shrek 2, Garfield the Movie, The Day After Tomorrow, The Stepford Wives, The Chronicles of Riddick, Napoleon Dynamite was still hanging in there. I've seen most of those movies, yeah. actually. Mean Girls had already been out, but it was still hanging in there. It was like it's... Uh, well, which one would you want to go see? It was 14th week. Dodgeball. Easy. You would take Dodgeball to... A, like, you would take a date to Dodgeball? Yeah. Cram it up your cram hole, LaFleur. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um. All right. Well, that's an interesting answer. <laughs> I mean, what do you want from me? What are we going to go? What are we going to do? Garfield. The, the day after tomorrow? Garfield. Yeah, Bill Murray's regret from Zombieland. <laughs> Garfield, I guess. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you think that this isn't Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams' finest moments. Correct. Start with Rachel McAdams. What are her best roles? Well, last time I totally forgot about Mean Girls, which is why I... Mean Girls. Mean Girls is probably her best. There's also the one that I talked about in our first run through this was Wedding Crashers because I thought that her and Owen Wilson sort of held the movie together for all the crazy characters like Vince Vaughn's character and Isla Fisher and Walken and the grandma and they the brother keep it grounded yeah, and Bradley Cooper like they're they keep it uh, being a movie right um and I think that's an underrated skill to have yeah and I think that's when she's best positioned I don't think she's best positioned as being the person who kind of goes off the map although she did in mean girls so maybe i'm wrong maybe you're wrong uh but what else is rachel mcadams and i i'm looking at her wikipedia spotlight right now. she's good in. there's a couple that we saw her in that we didn't mention the last time uh, okay state of play with <sighs> russell crowe i didn't like that movie that i thought much. you did like that wait movie. did i like that that's movie? the one you liked oh with i like ben affleck yeah the congressman i like that and it's movie. like sort of what house of cards season one was based off of. i did like that movie you're right she was in sherlock holmes oh yeah those were fine She's not a standout, though. No. Uh, Spotlight, we talked about. I do like Spotlight, and she's good in that. Game Night, she's really good in. <gasps> she is. Good. So she's funny. She's a comedy queen. Yeah, and Eurovision. She's a comedy queen. <laughs> she's pretty good in comedies. Now, I did not see... The Vow, awful. The Vow, about time. I did not see that. With uh, Some people kind of like it. With our guy. Donald Gleason. Donald Gleason. Southpaw, she was in. Ooh. Oh, she was in Doctor Strange, which I saw, but I don't even remember her in that. Uh, Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret. Oh, I do want to see that. Time Traveler's Wife. Oof. Yeah. So she's hit or miss. Midnight in Paris. Her and Owen. That's not her best moment and not Owen Wilson's best moment. I hated that movie. I did not like that movie whatsoever. It was insufferable because it's a Woody Allen movie and he's like trying to do the tortured artist thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, we know you're trying to write this about yourself. Yeah. It's like, I don't care. Nobody knows who you're talking about. It's right. the 20s. Like nobody knows what the 20s are, and it's a hundred years ago. <laughs> um, and okay. then we talked. And then we talked about uh, True Detective. Yeah, 
which apparently season two is having a bit of a revival. Oh, Renaissance in the court of public opinion? Yeah, I didn't love it. Me either. Anyway, what about Another Ryan? Wedding Crashers reunion, because Vince Vaughn was in that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what are Ryan Gosling's best roles? Barbie. Ken. He, he's Ken up. He's just Ken. He's just Ken. But no, he's been in a lot of great stuff. Uh, Blue Valentine. Blue Valentine is a like an all-time great movie. Yeah. So good. Crazy Stupid Love. He's so good in that. Drive, he's good in. He's like this. Why didn't you buy me the uh, Scorpion jacket ever? Do you want me to? No. <laughs> no, that would be so weird. <laughs> the Ides of March. Good movie, actually. Fun movie. Very yes. fun movie. Yes. The Big Short. Um. Yeah. He did The Big Short, The Nice Guys, and La La Land back to back to back. All of those is, are good a movies. Solid, a solid trio. La La Land, he's like dancing. City of stars. City of stars. <laughs> And then he's doing the song with John Legend. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, fire. And I'm like, and the, the whole thing is that, like, the song is so bad and he's lost all his, like, creativity. I'm like, this song kind of slaps. This song rules. <laughs> uh, Blade Runner 2049, which he did the same thing as he did in Drive, which mm-hmm. was kind of just stare it's off. It's going to be boring. Stare off gloomily and handsomely into the into the uh into the night yes but the difference is with drive it was neon colors on him yeah and in blade runner it was like smoky oranges and stuff exactly could you and imagine eating a smoky orange <laughs> it's like it's like an orange that tastes like a cigar yeah <laughs> no i can't actually and like there's like giant ai anna de armas yeah in that movie and he's just like yeah he's just so bored yeah and then he was in the gray man which people apparently watched a lot of people watched it. Allegedly. We didn't. No. I do want to see him in Half Nelson. Yeah, which I haven't seen. You said Lars and the Real Girl. That was good, too. I also haven't seen. It's like quirky. Um, and then, of course, he was Sunshine and Remember the Titans. Yes. Denzel. That's I like that movie. So that's lots of good stuff there. Yeah. He's, um, he's been in a, a variety of things. Yeah. How did we get on to the Jason Clark, Kyle Chandler talk last time? I don't remember. Yeah. That's so random. He was in one of the... Both of them were in one of the movies that I talked about. But I don't remember which one. Okay. Because um, we talked about Jason Clark, but I can't talk about Jason Clark if we don't know the Jason Clark connection. The Jason Clark connection. connection. You didn't do the New Jersey connection this time. Honestly, it's so bad. It's like a six degrees of New Jersey connection. Is Jason Clark from New Jersey? Is Jason... I don't think so. He seems kind of New England-y to me. He's Australian. <laughs> oh, they were oh, they were in the one movie I didn't mention, First Man. Oh, yeah. Okay. First Man was good. It was fine. It was fine. And it stars my king, Kyle Chandler, and my other king, Jason Clark. And so here's the thing. Oh, he plays Jerry West. Jason Clark's from Australia. Yeah, I know. I said that. Oh, sorry. Um, He's Jerry West in Winning Time. Oh, really? So more people might know him, actually. Um. He also was like the lead in Chappaquiddick. I think he played Ted Kennedy. Okay. Um, he did. There you go. So, Jason Clark, if you don't know, you better Get find out. <laughs> Get a clue. <laughs> he is. Oh, he was in Zero Dark Thirty, too. They both were. Oh, Kyle he, Chandler was, too. Remember him in Mudbound? Barely. I remember liking that movie, but I don't really remember it that much. Um. So. Basically, Jason Clark is where it's at. He's one of those guys that you recognize, maybe, and you've seen him in 55 things. And then you're like, wait a minute, what's that guy's name? It's Jason Clark. Yeah. You better not forget. And especially you better remember. Better redneck and nice. <laughs> and you better remember there's an E at the end. Yes. Clark with an E. We are begging Jason Clark to come on this podcast. <laughs> He's going to be in the next Wind River. Oh, is he? Which I am not excited about. Oh, okay. Well, anyway. Um, it, n- none of the original people are, are involved in it. That makes sense to me. Yeah. Um, all right. So my last question here. <laughs> you are forced to watch a second Nicholas Sparks movie. Oh, my Lord. You can choose one, two, or three that you would watch. I can give you my answers. I think I have my answer. Oh, okay. But if you want to... Do that. Go ahead. All right. I'm going to do a three, two, one. Number three, I choose the last song because Miley Cyrus. Is that the Cyrus Miley Cyrus and Liam Hemsworth one? Number one, Miley Cyrus's character has a weird name in it. Oh, uh, Galadriel. 
<laughs> why is from, it, from Lord of the Rings? Why is that her name? Um, n- and also because that led to a whole big like they were married. It was a whole thing. No, wait, that's not her name in that. Oh, you told me her name was Galadriel. <laughs> that's from the article what? that I read. Wait, who is Galadriel, aka Blaze, from the last song? What? <laughs> I don't know. Go ahead. Galadriel? Who is Galadriel? Okay. It was Cape Blanchett in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> anyway, the song, I think the song, there's a song that goes, that comes from that, that she did. So, I'll pick that. Number two, I pick A Walk to Remember because I did not see that ever. And it was a very popular movie for people to see in high school. That one stars Mandy Moore and I think Shane West. And she plays a... Like a high school girl who d- gets diagnosed with cancer and she decides to just like not do any treatments and to not tell anybody. And then she like marries her boyfriend. She probably should have told somebody. I, I You'd think. And then number one, I choose Knights in Rodanthe. Okay. Oh, I also would do Message in a Bottle though. That's the one with Kevin Costner? Yeah. Where he gets killed by a mudslide. Spoilers. No, no, no. Oh, that's no. a different one. That's Knights in Rodanthe, where Richard Gere Richard gets killed Gere. by okay. Um No, Kevin Costner drowns. Oh. In, oh, uh, yeah, because he goes into the water. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. So, we, read all, we read all about them before. So <laughs> I choose Knights in Rodanthe because I like an unfaithful reunion. Okay. And Richard Gere and Diane Lane. Okay, I can take that. Unfaithful the movie. Yeah. Um, I loved that movie. And remember that like random guy that she was with in that movie? Yeah, he was wild. Who who is that man? <laughs> that movie we will never cover that movie on this podcast. No, no, no. Um that will not make babies first watch <laughs> I loved it though. Actually, well informally, just not on, it's so good. not on the airwaves. Um and Knights and Rodanthe, they have their big moment, so until he gets killed by a monster. <laughs> Why? Um, so those three. Why? What's your choice? I'm gonna give you Dear John. I've gonna, seen I've seen Dear John. Well, I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, I am. If you've listened to our 21 Jump Street episode, I am a full-hearted Channing Tatum fan, and I want to support my guy. I don't want to, but if I was forced to, I would support my guy. And I also love Amanda Seyfried, so I'll support my guy and my girl. And Richard Jenkins is in it. I don't have anything mudslide related to say in this one, unless they drink a mudslide. But I don't think they do. It seems too fun for a Nicholas Sparks movie. <laughs> yeah. But I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with Dear John for for the the Channing Tatum and Amanda Seyfried factor. I like that. I think that's was the it. movie bad. Yeah. Yeah, I figured. Yeah, it was very bad. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Why is there another one? No, I just scrolled up and looked at the plot summary, and the only thing I saw in it was September 11 attacks. Oh yeah, he uh, he goes to war. Uh, oh, so is Dear John like the letters that she writes uh-huh. to him while he's away at war? Exactly, but I think his name is also John in it. No, that's what I mean. Like Dear yeah. John. Yeah, yeah, but Dear John is just like a colloquialism. Too. I know it's a double entendre. But I think his name is also it John is. in it. It is Which John. It's like, John oh. Tyree. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It's not a good movie. It doesn't sound like a good movie. <laughs> I saw the word lymphoma. At least you didn't pick the um the I ghost see, the ghost one. I see lymphoma. I see coin collection. Yes, these are just the things. The, all of those things are in the movie Dear John. Yes, I'm going. I'm going with Dear John. Okay, <laughs> that's that's fine. That is yeah. Um, I think that there's a bull riding one too. These are just like, what's the most preposterous scenario I could come up with? What makes me sad is that like they all end in tragedy. Besides the Notebook. Every single one. And I'm like... Sparks is a bleak dude. Can we just be happy? Drink some mudslides and hang out? We need a Nicholas Sparks movie where they drink mudslides. Assuming that there isn't one already. Yeah. So maybe we'll get it. Those are... Maybe one day. Maybe one day. I think three more of his books have been optioned. Oh, thank (laughs) God. Um, All right. I'm done. All right. So I don't have any questions. However, we had a lot of listener questions from our friend Gina. Aunt Gigi. She's a she's a uh, our son's soulmate. She says yes because they were born on the same on day. the same day. So she sent us multiple multiple questions, and we appreciate them. And they're if, really good questions. They are really they are better questions than I would have come up with. So 
again, reminder, if you want us to answer your questions or talk about stuff, you know, send us an email at babiesfirstwatchlist.gmail.com or text us or, you know, DM us on Instagram. We got like 100 new followers like since our last episode. Pretty cool. So that's great. So if you're new, welcome. And, you know, shoot us your questions. So, all right. So Angina first asked, Team Noah, Team Lon, or Team Finn? Kiss, marry, kill. Okay. Um, I'll probably pick Lon because he's rich. Because he's got money. And he's got money. And he's James Marsden, who's nice. He, that's the thing in this he, movie. He's really nice. Lon, there's no, there's no issue with Like He's not a bad guy. I'm not going to pick Finn for obvious reasons. Kill. Because it happens yeah. anyway. Right. So You're not changing the course of history here. I'll, yeah, so I'll kiss Noah. I'll marry Lon. Is his name Lonard? I don't know. It just says Lon. What is Lon? Loncy? <laughs> what does Lon stand for? What is Lon, Lon. short for? Uh, Alonzo? Oh, maybe it's Alonzo? Maybe it's Alonzo. Okay. All right, so Lon Chaney, the actor. Let's look at what Lon Chaney's name was. Leonidas. <laughs> <laughs> Leonidas Frank Lon Chaney. Okay. He was like one of the early like horror stars. Yeah. Uh, which is hilarious. <laughs> Leonidas. Leonidas. Um, so yeah, that's mine. What's yours? I think I have the same. I have no problem with like Lon is a good dude. Noah is like a little he's not a bad guy, but he's a little temperamental. You think? He is gloomy. He's, Emo. He's got he's got a heaviness around him, and it's like, bro, it's fine. It is sad though because like there's no there's no mom. They don't mention his mom. Yeah. His dad is just like I'm selling our house, so I'm gonna just die now, and yeah. then his dad dies. Also, the the Sam Shepard. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, he was good actually. I thought he was gonna be a like a bad bigger guy. part. Oh, you thought he was, gonna, he was gonna be bad? Yeah. No, he's just a kind man. Yeah. And then he was like so nice and fun, like literally he was so fun. Yeah. And then it's like, oh no, you're kind of like. Blah. bringing down the place but then james gardner picks it back up well i was gonna say i think the interesting part is that james gardner doesn't have that heaviness to him not at all but gosling for some reason does because he didn't have his his uh true love that's true so maybe that's why yeah even still i would probably go lawn me too i'd rather have a trust fund i mean you gotta kill finn there's no option first of all if you kill finn there's a chance that god he doesn't get made <laughs> <laughs> didn't happen in our uh, world didn't happen in our no. world but that he was like at the peak of his fame at that point because Entourage was going on while this movie came out. God, we do not speak of Gotti. <laughs> My dad speaks of Gotti. I don't think he'll be checking this episode out. Probably not. <laughs> All right, so that's that question. We have okay. Gina said Google told me told me Britney Spears auditioned to play the role of Allie. Who knows if that is true? But if Britney Spears played Allie, who do you think would have been her Noah? Would she be a good Allie? Who else could could have starred as Noah and Allie? Um, if Britney Spears was Noah, then why not go with Joey Fatone for... It was supposed to be Justin Timberlake. Is that supposed to be the answer? No, no. That's the that's what it was supposed to be. I like going a little more underground. Yeah. Go with Joey Fatone. He's fresh off of my big fat <laughs> Greek wedding. Yes. And His star turn. In and on wedding. the line... Starring his he's, he's not, Lance Bass. He's not fresh off My Big Fat Creek Wedding. He's like, he's room temp <laughs> <laughs> for My Big Fat Creek Wedding. He hasn't done the, you know, the Christmas specials yet for like the boy band Christmas specials. He yeah. hasn't done Dancing with the Stars yet. So I say Joey Fatone. Justin Timberlake is a hard no. He would have been an awful Noah. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think that as an actor, he has the it factor. Only when playing Branch. Only when playing Branch and Trolls. And trolls. <laughs> he can't stop the feeling. Can't stop the feeling. <laughs> uh, besides that, what, we're 2004. Who's big in 2004? Ryan Gosling. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so. Mm. Biggest actors in 2004. It's like Matt Damon. <laughs> yeah. Paul Giamatti is on this list. <laughs> Give me Paul Giamatti <laughs> in the notebook as young Noah. Yeah, I think Paul Giamatti would be good. Yeah. And then... Uh, does Gina know who Paul Giamatti is? Does Gina know? You know what? I bet she does. Paul okay. Giamatti was okay. in uh, Big Fat Liar, if oh, you don't know. Oh, 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 okay, okay, okay. So, she definitely... Who doesn't know Paul 2004 Giamatti? was like Tobey Maguire. Yeah, you could do him. Toby. There's like Matthew Lillard. 
Imagine a Matthew Lillard. <laughs> Lillard. Britney Spears. The Notebook. Sign me up, man. Sign me up. That's it. Just th- just throw me on board. What about you- like a Ryan Phillippe? That would have it would have been someone like that. Yeah. Or even like Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. Like he wasn't quite out of like he he hadn't quite become big yet, but yeah. Like I could see him trying to pull this off. If I he could try- see like a uh, a Ryan Phillippe and like Christina Ricci. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Christina Ricci, I w- I would it would be weird seeing her play like a socially acceptable character. <laughs> I just saw her on Celebrity Family Feud. Yeah. And so she, <laughs> she was in the final, you know, the last ones. Yeah. And the AI Steve asked her in Fast Money, how many minutes does it take you to go to sleep? <laughs> what did she say? Like 400? She said 300. <laughs> Five hours. And then she got good fault. What was she the answer? Said, like 20 minutes? Yeah, it was 30 minutes. <laughs> she said, no, but they were nice to her because she actually said 312,000. <laughs> so i'm just like girl she only needed like 60 points to get it and she actually did but it was like really close oh man and like they gave it to her because yeah she was it's all the charity so she was asked what do you put in a dishwasher and she said dishes (laughs) (laughs) the correct answer was plates Plates. so they gave it to her yeah so she won but that's three hundred twelve thousand minutes to fall like, like after like, she was like, wait, so it take like weeks? Yeah. Like every time I like every time I try to go to sleep, I'm awake for months before I can fall asleep. <laughs> so, Steve was like incredulous. <laughs> what? Uh, okay, question number three. It's your first date, and the guy tells you to lay down in the middle of the street with him in the middle of the night. Immediate first thoughts. And what was Gina said? Hers would what be. What the heck? <laughs> What the heck? What the heck? And then she'd probably do it. Yeah. <laughs> I would not lay in the street. You definitely would not. There's you would be like, what are you doing? I would be like, okay. I'm just, You'd be like, I'm, just I'm go. going home. You're embarrassing. <laughs> like, this is so embarrassing. I'm just like going. You're wearing this hat. <laughs> first of all, take the hat off. Like, first of all, it's the 1940s. Like, what is going on? <laughs> Cars were like just invented. <laughs> would you, what would you do? Um... If I laid in the street and I was like, lay in the street, let's do it. What I would, would say, say, what are you doing? Like, I would probably end up doing it, honestly. Yeah, you would. <laughs> I, probably I would be would. like, absolutely not. I would obey all traffic laws. I would probably do it, but I would not, like, I wouldn't be like, ugh, giggling about it like she was. She was wild. Yeah. I would be like, okay, that was scary and I don't want to do it again. I'd be like, what is going on? We're going to gravel <laughs> You would my just arms. be like, why? <laughs> No. Okay. Question number four. When Noah built the house, it had to have the wraparound porch and a room for painting. Which can I just make a statement about this? He built her a room, like a, like an art studio, and it literally. She's like, oh my god, this art studio, and it's a hard cut, and then she's painting out on the porch. Yeah. He made this entire room for you. Yeah. Like what? What are you doing? What's what? What? What are, what are we doing here, Allie? Yeah. And it was during their like three day tryst. When, like, yeah. her fiancé didn't know where she was. Not nice. Yeah. But the question is, if you were building a home, what would be your must-haves? All right. All right. Let's get started. I do want to wrap around I was going to say the porch for sure. That's a must. Number two, nice bathtub. Yeah. Got to have a good bathtub. Low interest rate. Number <laughs> three, needs a low interest rate. <laughs> Number four, benefactor giving me a down payment. Yes. Number a large down payment. Large down payment. It also needs. I need a really nice backyard that goes right to the ocean with like a little oh. cliff walk in between. Oh, uh, okay. You know what I'm so saying? So you're, you're talking about the breakers in Newport. <laughs> <laughs> you're talking breakers. Okay. I also want a like really nice Peloton room with with weights that go up past 15 pounds. Why wouldn't it just be a gym with a Peloton bike in it? I like calling it a Peloton room. <laughs> and then I need weights that are like 20 pounds. You're almost there. I'm We're almost up to there. 15s. But we can't afford the 20 pounds. No. Um, Again, a benefactor. <laughs> <laughs> Remember, the overarching, like, the umbrella here is that we need the a benefactor. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We need Allie's inheritance. Reading nook with, like, a really big bay window. Okay. To overlook the ocean. Yeah. 
Um, I also want a like a really safe tree swing. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if those. Are, I think that might be an oxymoron. You can make it work. I, I also can't, but somebody could. Yeah, exactly. I do not want a tree house that's gonna fall on anybody. No mudslides. No mudslides. Yeah. None well, of that. you know, you um, drink mudslide maybe, but well, um, and I think that's it. That's it. Okay, that's re- the reasonable set of demands. <laughs> what do you want? I mean, I'm on board for all that stuff. Oh, good. I don't. I'm pretty easy to please. I don't care. Give me a bathroom and a bedroom and a living room, and I'm good with a house. Um, as long as I can. Oh. My must-haves in like some of the things that I look around my current house, and I'm like, oh, we could probably do this a little better. Uh, a basement where I don't hit my head on the ductwork every single time I walk by mm, it. Yeah. Uh, also, laundry on the same on the main floor. Oh, that is a good one. Uh, my things are like, oh, oh, also a house that isn't built on a. This sort of ties in with the mudslides that isn't built on a slight decline so that when it rains and snows, there's a huge like flooding in the back of the backyard. Uh, yeah. Hypothetically, I wouldn't want that. Um, but yeah, no. And also everything's free, of course. That's what I want. Perfect. Question number five, the final question. If you're a bird, I'm a bird. Would you want to be a bird? What kind of bird? Also, what is your <laughs> spirit animal? <laughs> So I think, uh, yeah, I'll be a bird. Yeah, why not? Be an owl. I would be an owl. If you're an owl, I'm an owl. <laughs> and then um, my animal connection is probably otter. Otter. I think mine is an owl. Ooh. I think, was it you that said that one time? I don't remember. Probably. We probably talked about this before. But on like... You know, obviously, all millennials probably have been on Pottermore. Done yeah, mine's like a um, a Saint Bernard puppy. We've definitely talked about this before because I talked about how Jay was Jay's a, salmon, a salmon, but uh, I was like a leopard or something, and I was like, oh, I didn't think of that. But rar, rar, <laughs> uh, or as our son goes, <laughs> everything, every animal. Is <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, if I had to choose a different kind of bird just for variety's sake, I would can. Toucan? I would want to be one of those that Pelican? Like, pelicans are pretty cool. Or like flamingos. Mm-hmm. Or like egrets. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ostrich? Ostrich, no, because they can't fly. So? Penguin. I'll be a penguin. They can't fly? Yeah, but they're penguins. Okay. So thank you so much, Gina. We loved those questions. Uh, we we answered them all. They were great. <laughs> they're great. And we, uh, again, encourage anyone who has any questions for our future movies to please let us know because... We like we like when people ask us questions. <laughs> all right. What else we got? That's all mine. I did, literally did not write down a single question, so Gina really saved me for this episode. Perfect. We are going to jump to trivia. So Jessica Biel auditioned for the role of Allie in a trailer when she was covered in blood filming on the set of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is awesome. Amazing. Uh, Ryan Gosling was director Nick Cassavetes' first and only choice for the role of Noah. But before Cassavetes was a director, uh, obviously I said I mentioned Justin Timberlake, but other people who were attached were Steven Spielberg as director and Tom Cruise as Noah. I see that it would be that would have been strange, but yeah. Um, other actresses rumored to have been under consideration were Reese Witherspoon and Ashley Judd. Mm-hmm. Britney Spears' audition footage was. Uh, auctioned on ebay for a million dollars in may 2021 wow number two when we are introduced to the young ally and noah they are wearing the same colors worn by the older ones in the beginning of the movie oh, a little this was to give us a clue little hint yeah number three ryan gosling and rachel mcadams were both born in saint joseph's hospital in london ontario canada so cool just random there's like so many people that are just canadian um yeah who and did Australian. i see was just canadian today keanu reeves <laughs> He's Canadian. He's Canadian. He was born in Lebanon, and then he. I knew but, he was born somewhere but he's weird. He's Canadian. His parents are Canadian. His dad, um, I think, is was lived in Hawaii. Okay. But he ended up being estranged from his dad. Oh. So his mom. Oh, he was raised, raised him, raised and he was Toronto. raised in Toronto. That's crazy. I did a whole Keanu Reeves deep dive. He had his, a very sad life. His mom is English. Mm-hmm. His American father is from Hawaii, and he's. Native Hawaiian, Chinese, English, Irish, and Portuguese. Mm-hmm. And he was born in Lebanon. Right. Go figure. 
So I wasn't lying. No, I didn't think you were. I just wanted to get the details. We're not really detail oriented, so we so we often I think have I to got follow all up the on the details. Our, we didn't tell me he was Chinese and stuff. Well, I wanted all the details. Okay, <laughs> you led me there. I did. Number four, Ryan Gosling wore brown eye contacts because James Garner has brown eyes and Gosling has blue eyes. I just don't think that matters all that much to be it honest wasn't. with you. Well, because in the end, when James Garner is looking at the photos, it's not Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams. Yeah, so the, the continuity sto- is so weird. the story the story we're watching is supposed to be like some sort of idealized version of the two of them. Like right. some storybook version of them. So it doesn't even need to be So why would the eyes be like in the in the pictures, Allie has blonde hair. Rachel McAdams never has blonde hair. So like if they were matching the eyes, why didn't they match the hair? I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. I don't know. The movie doesn't make any sense. <laughs> anyway. Number five, Ryan Gosling and Rachel McAdams did not get along at all during the filming of this movie. There were, like, I don't know if it's true, but there were stories about them, like, butting heads and yelling at each other, like, in a trailer. Like, are, like I don't think it was anything where it was, like, anyone was, like, like Being mean, mean, bad to each yeah. other. But they were, it was tense, and they sort of didn't like each other, and it was not a great work environment. Um, but Nick Cassavetes brought them into a room, and they just sort of hashed it all out, and he was there as, like, the, the mediator or whatever. Um and then they started dating after the movie came out, yep. like a couple years after. Yep. So they were fine. Yeah. <laughs> and they talk good about each other now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's my trivia. Trivia for this one was kind of hard. I, there wasn't all that much. But it was also kind of good because I like the hospital thing. I like the Canada thing. Yeah, that was neat. <clears throat> all right. Roger Ebert. So, I saw it and saw I'm like gave confused. It? Roger Ebert gave this movie 3.5 stars out of 4. Am I changing my mind now? Me? Am I changing my Uh, mind? No. I mean, I'm not. But here's what he said about the movie. He said, we all wish Alzheimer's could permit such moments because he was talking about how she like sure. had brief windows of remembering him and all that mm-hmm. for a time in the earlier stages of the disease it does but when the curtain comes down there is never another act and the play is over the notebook is a sentimental fantasy but such fantasies are not harmful we tell ourselves stories every day to make life more bearable and then he goes along and says the photography by Robert Frosset is striking in its rich, saturated effects from seabirds at sunset to a dilapidated mansion by candlelight to the texture of southern summer streets. It makes the story seem more idealized. Certainly, the retire- retirement home at the end seems more of heaven than of earth. And the old mansion is underlined, too, first in its decay and then in its rebirth. Young Noah is convinced that if he makes good on his promise to rebuild it for Allie, she will come to live it, live in it with him and paint, the studio he has made, paint in the studio he has made for her. Noah has had gone a little mad, the notebook says. That she is engaged to marry another shakes him, but doesn't discourage him. We have recently read much about Alzheimer's because of the death of Ronald Reagan, which I guess happened around this time. His daughter, Patty Davis, reported that just before he died, the former president opened his eyes and gazed steadily into those of Nancy, and there was no doubt that he recognized her. Well, it's nice to think so. Nice to believe the window can open once more before closing forever. Wow. Ebert, even when he's wrong, he's right. He knows how to, he knows how to write. Mm-hmm. He knows how to be persuasive. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't agree with him. I think the movie's terrible, but uh, good for him. Yeah, that's nice. Good and for I, you. Good for you. Roger and you know Ebert. what? Even, even in cases where, and it's not again. I didn't hate this movie, but I. It's it's, it's not the worst movie I've ever seen. It's just very boring and way too long. Even when I disagree with him, uh, he can make a movie that I didn't really think was very good. He can uh, give you a different way to think about it with his excellent writing. Yeah. So. Our final segment. Actually, I didn't talk about the tagline this time. Behind every great love is a great story. Which I think is a fair it's an appropriate tagline, tagline for this movie. It's not as fun as the ones from 21 Jump Street. No, no, it's not. <laughs> including the one that I couldn't say that's exactly. on the poster. Uh, okay. So for my, my deep dive this week, I this was a hard one. But what I did was... Well, I'm confused now because this person apparently is saying weird stuff that isn't true. What do you mean? Miley Cyrus's name on in the last song. Um, it doesn't say necessarily that it's Miley Cyrus's name. Maybe there is a character in the movie with that name. Okay. So, okay. So it was an article written in 2016 for the Las Vegas Review Journal by Christopher Lawrence. And sometimes do you think of like that year or earlier and be like, oh, bliss. If only you knew. This was February 2016. If only you knew. 
So The Choice was coming out, which was the 11th film adaptation in the uh, SCU. Mm-hmm. And this person decided to watch the first 10 of them because he had never seen any of them before. And he wrote down 70 things I learned from watching Nicholas Sparks movies. So I'm not going to go through all 70 unless we want this episode to be three hours. And no, um, I'll just go through some, some of them. I actually haven't read it all the way through, so I'm just going to sort of skim through and, and, and go as I go. Here's what this soul learned on this journey. Number one, each of these movies takes place in small towns that are part of a magical realm, let's call it Sparksylvania, that encompasses most of the coastal regions of the Carolinas, a swath of Chicago, and occasionally because of film tax incentives, a bit of Georgia and Louisiana. (laughs) Number two, Sparksylvania is a torturous hellscape of unrelenting misery. (laughs) Number three, true love never dies, but there's an extraordinarily good chance that at least one of the people you love most will. Mm -hmm. Then again, number four, Everybody loves a widower. Number five, proper, often preposterously wealthy, Sparksylvania girls are inexplicably drawn to blue-collar boys of questionable upbringings. Number six, that formula has been inverted exactly once in the last song when a wealthy beach volleyball player, Liam Hemsworth, was smitten with a sullen shoplifter, Miley Cyrus. Seven, it wasn't an improvement. Eight, regardless of advances in technology, Sparksylvanians simply refuse to stop writing letters. Yeah, there's a lot of letters. Um, number 10, life's biggest moments always, without fail, take place in the rain. Wow. Uh, 11, adult Sparksylvanians do not in any way resemble or even remotely sound like their teenage selves. <laughs> 12, they also tend to grow or shrink a couple of inches. Uh, 13, there's almost always a dance. 14, seriously, I can't emphasize this enough. If things are going too well for too long in Sparksylvania, someone simply must die. <laughs> Usually in the most random, nonsensical, unintentionally hilarious way. So then he goes through each each movie and gives a couple for each movie. Um, message in a bottle. I'll do like one from each movie. Um, 16, people who write letters in a bottle inevitably look not like creepy recluses but just like kevin costner in his prime Uh, a walk to remember we have you can so there's a kid who there's a prank and the kid like almost dies or whatever and number 25 is you can visit that kid in his rehab facility mumble a half-hearted apology and he'll be like that's cool bro whatevs and then also, girls will straight up not tell you they're dying from leukemia. Yeah, <laughs> which we talked about. So I'll give you I'll give you all the notebook ones. There's four of them. Thirty one. There's no problem so big it can't be cured by spending some time in a rowboat or a canoe, mm-hmm. which is exactly what happens in this movie. Thirty two. Everything sounds better when spoken by a fabulously mustachioed Southern gentleman, which was the dad. Uh, Rachel McAdams' dad had the mustache. Mm-hmm. Sydney Lauper's husband in real life. <clears throat> Number 33. The greatest love stories can involve people who don't even seem to like each other very much. <laughs> and number 34. Apparently, you can love someone so much that love will just kill the both of you <laughs> in your sleep. <laughs> I think that's probably a good way to end it, Tom. Uh, except for in the lucky one when Zach Efron has never been able to keep his shirt on. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that is a Las Vegas Review Journal article. Seventy things I learned in Sparksylvania. Very funny. There's a Bull Rider movie. Did we talk about that one? Yeah, I mentioned the Bull Scott Rider. Scott Eastwood, lo- longest ride. Yep. Um. Yeah, it's crazy. Pond swimming is the most romantic of all swimming, which also applies to the Notebook, I think. Uh, pond swimming. But oh yeah, because she swings on the rope into the pond. Remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So. This deep dive isn't exactly as educational as some of my as some of our previous ones, but it's funny. But yeah, I mean, I like when people will do that. Like, I watched all the Fast and Furious movies before Furious Seven, like all in a row. Um, I love when people just like binge a whole series to watch something, even when they're not interested in it. Like, I didn't care about Furious Seven, but like, I had to watch all of them because why not? Yeah. Um, and I love when people just get into random stuff like that. Yeah. Will I be watching every movie in the Sparks verse? Probably not. But maybe. But I would say probably not. I'm leaving it open. Um, okay, I think that's it. Love. I think that's the notebook. The one and only notebook. Okay, so does the notebook make baby's first watch list? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Tepidly, he says. Yeah. 
Uh, what are your takeaways? True love conquers all. Except for death. Well, they still have love. Love is through And I guess that depends if nurse. you believe in an afterlife or not. Well, here's the thing. Their love continues on in not just the nurse that saw them, but in the notebook that is now going to be passed down to their kids. And Noah and Allie's love story will... Um, Will reverberate. Will be made into a movie. Will reverberate through the the spirits of all who knew them. Okay. Love conquers all. Here's mine. Please don't hang from a Ferris wheel to coerce someone into dating you, and then on your first date, don't lay down in the middle of the street and make her do it too. That also is a very good takeaway. Also, don't wear that hat. Please don't wear that hat. <laughs> that's not a that's not an outright prescription. Like I'm not saying you can't wear that hat, but just please don't. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that is The Notebook, and we made it, I think. We made it. So, yeah, so we're going to do next week. In fact, if you're listening to this on Tuesday, the day it comes out, it will be up when at noon today. So if it's past noon Eastern, where you're listening to this, on September 5th, go to our Instagram at Baby's First Watch List, and you can vote on which Wes Anderson movie we're going to do for next week. I don't know if I'm excited about this. We're going to choose from, or you're going to choose from, Fantastic Mr. Fox, the, the Royal Tenenbaums, and the Grand Budapest Hotel. We've seen a couple of them. Um, we talked about it last episode. Um, don't take that into consideration. doesn't matter. Pick which one you want to hear us talk about. And I'm excited for it because, I don't know, it's some, they're movies that, like, I mean, I've chosen to watch one of them, but I will, I'm not really going to choose to watch the others, probably. So I like, I like when, and I like hearing what people want us to talk about, so... I think it'll be uh, a pretty good episode. And so, yeah, do that. And that's it, I think. This is The Notebook, and I hope you liked it. And if your birds were also birds. And they just fly away. <laughs> yeah, so vote in the poll, send us some questions, and we will see you next week for whatever Wes Anderson movie it ends up being. Whatever uh, very parallel and, um, what's the word? Symmetrical movie it is. <laughs> <laughs> see you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.